beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. If you pressed play on this episode, I am going to assume that you are a podcast fan. And I don't mean just a podcast fan of 10 Things to Tell You, although I hope that you are. I mean like a fan of podcasts in general. You like this medium. You listen to several a week, if not a day, you are a person that listens to podcasts. And I wanted to do this behind the scenes episode for a few reasons. I do like doing these occasionally, like my recent episode about the Hollywood strikes from 2023 and why they will affect you, why you should care about them. And even before that, I've done some behind the scenes episodes on publishing and writing a book. And I do these because as consumers of this content, of books, of movies and television shows, of podcasts, I do think there are certain things that are interesting, if not crucial, for the consumers to know about. And sometimes they're just not talked about like outside of industry blog posts and and people who are sort of like inside baseball of the topic at hand when really it would kind of behoove all of us for a lot of people to know what's going on because it does affect the consumer. And I also just like sharing it with you. So in this episode, I am going to share 10 things that podcast fans should know. 
We're going to talk about how the podcast industry is changing, how that affects you. I kind of want to know, as I'm talking through some of these things, the different ways that your podcast listening might have changed over the years. We have theories as podcasters as to why things have changed, but I do want to hear from you after you're done listening here. I'm going to answer some burning questions that I got when I shared at the end of last year, I shared an Instagram stories, some of these year end, you know, look back at what was a very difficult year for the podcast industry, 2023. I shared some of those articles and stories and I naturally then got a bunch of questions about it. So I'm going to answer some of those, both about the industry as a whole, so far as I know it, and then also just how that's affecting 10 Things to Tell You. And then we are going to end this episode with an announcement about 10 Things to Tell You. See how it's all working together. I'm also recording a separate bonus episode for Patreon subscribers, for Secret Stuff members. That's my Patreon group where I'm like really doing a deep dive on some of the questions they have. I put up a question box for them and they asked some really specific (laughs) 10 things to tell you questions. And so I am going to share over there like some things about how the podcasting world has gotten so competitive. I'm also going to talk about in that bonus episode, some of my general philosophies on editing other people's words because, as you might have noticed, this show is edited for clarity and length and sometimes content. And I have, like, thoughts and feelings on that because, you know, I take it really seriously when I'm editing other people's words. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Someone asked me over there if I've ever had a guest on that I thought was a mistake. <laughs> I'm going to answer that. The short answer is yes. Anyway, that will all be bonus content as part of my Secret Stuff Patreon. You can join Patreon. You can try it with a free seven-day trial and see if you kind of like the fun content that happens over there before you commit. You can find all of that at lauratremaine.com slash secretstuff. But I do have 10 really important thoughts that I want to share with you about podcasting. And I'm coming from this, obviously, as a podcaster, but also because there are so many similarities between what is happening in podcasting and what happened in blogging back in the 2010s, the early to mid 2010s, of which I was also a part of that industry radically changing. Blogging is where I started my sort of online career writing and sharing. And it was wild to watch the internet really change back then. And if you were around, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Blogs started off as like personal diaries. They were not monetized. They were people just, you know, sharing information, but also pouring their heart out Then the internet, as it was like growing and expanding and social media was coming into play, blogging became very commercial. There was a lot of sponsored content. There was ads on blogs and pop-ups, and it became very professional in a space that had really been more of a mom-and-pop shop feel (laughs) before that. And that was like really hard, I think, for both bloggers, some bloggers, and 
readers to sort of see this very organic medium become people's careers and livelihoods. And I am for people making money with their words and with their art. And so I was of mixed mind back then and even now of like how blogging really changed and then in many ways really fell away because of the rise of social media. And there are similar growing pains happening in podcasting. It's not exactly the same for a lot of different reasons. We're in a totally different sort of time of the internet. We are in a totally different way to think about creators. And so it's not exactly apples to apples, but I do see some real similarities in trying to make podcasting work professionally and creatively after a huge boom. So the first thing I want to share, number one, is that podcasting has changed a lot. (laughs) That's the first thing. And I feel sure that you might have noticed it. I don't know how long you've been listening to podcasts, but if you've been around for a few years, you most likely have noticed that there have been some real changes in the landscape. So what sort of looked back at now as the golden age of podcasting, which is funny because I don't know that you can really title it that, this sort of early in the game, but a golden age of podcasting was about the 2018-2019 era. There was an explosion of great shows. People were really, you know, making great stuff, listening to great stuff, and advertisers were shelling out the dollars, making it worth making this great stuff. Podcasting itself is not new. It has been around for like 20 years or something since the early 2000s. Podcasting has really been around, but obviously a few things exploded that growth, namely that you could listen to them on your phone whenever smartphones started. And then, of course, there were a couple of zeitgeisty moments like the serial podcast that took a genre so many people already loved, true crime, and, you know, put it into this format. And then that opened the door to thousands of different types of shows when people realized that you could listen to people really deep dive on your favorite topic and have those episodes in your pocket at all times. It wasn't tied to a radio. You didn't need to like have anything extra. It was like amazing content on the go. And people got really obsessed, myself included. This show started in 2019. In the middle of this boom, I had been on other shows and had created other shows But 10 Things to Tell You, the show you're listening to right now, it started in early 2019, and it felt like the world is our podcast oyster. (laughs) Now, there were some of these things already happening in that there was such an explosion of growth in the podcast industry that the competition was pretty fierce already in 2019 when I started 10 Things to Tell You. I wasn't a newbie, though, so I felt like I could really navigate it, and I had already built up a little bit of an audience. I do think we're going to get to this later in the show, but I do think that is a whole different ball game. Were you starting a podcast now in 2024? But in 2019, I already had a little bit of a listenership from being a co-host on Sorta Awesome and creating Smartest Person in the Room, and so I felt like that I could navigate these waters that were already very saturated because there were so many 
good shows, even then. And then, of course, what happened is, you know, the reference point that we point to time and time again, the pandemic. The pandemic changed everything for all the reasons that it disrupted many industries. Suddenly, people were home and not listening in their same rhythms. They were not commuting to work. They were not driving carpool. Suddenly, moms, which is a big listenership of this show, suddenly moms were at home and their kids were also at home. And so, you know, they didn't have their earbuds in while they were, you know, doing stuff around the house or whatever. So the pandemic affected the listener. And then it also, of course, radically affected the advertisers. And, you know, when you're going to pull back from your various advertising campaigns, if you are a company, podcasts were one of the first things to go. Because even in 2020, the jury was still a little bit out on how effective podcast ads were. (laughs) Now, there were some big spins happening, but it was still, you know, from an economic standpoint, it was still sort of a trial and error of if companies were really seeing a return on it yet. It it was really hard to measure. We're going to get to measuring and metrics in a second. So we were talking about a lot of unknowns. So when the pandemic hit, when people pulled back immediately trying to be, you know, very careful with how their businesses were going to shape up for the rest of that year, podcast advertisements were one of the first things to go. Almost every podcaster I know had an immediate drop in advertising. And that is something we've been trying to recover from for years. Not that those certain budgets, company budgets for advertising didn't necessarily bounce back eventually, but because of a few other things that were changing alongside of the world changing in 2020, which brings us to number two, our listening habits have changed. So I already mentioned how the pandemic disruption affected a lot of people's listening habits, but now in 2024, The way our listening habits have changed are even more different. So even as a lot of our life has returned to some state of normal four years down the road, normal looks really different for people. Maybe you still aren't commuting. You're still working from home. Maybe your kids have gotten older, so you're not driving carpool anymore, or you're not walking your dog anymore. You discovered audiobooks, and that has been a huge shift in what you're listening to. When you do have headphones on or you are in your car, you're not pressing play on podcasts as much. I know this to be true in my own life. Even as a podcaster, my podcast listening habits have changed. I know this from our podcast listener surveys that you guys are listening to less podcasts than you were a few years ago for all kinds of reasons. And this seems to be industry-wide. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca 
style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. This is also tied to number three. Our tastes have changed. And I'm so curious to hear your feedback on this. But I know this anecdotally, just again from my own self, from my own conversations, from my own observations, that our tastes change, even in mediums that we love. Of course they do. So maybe you started off in your podcast days listening to a lot of NPR style, This American Life. And then as a lot of indie podcasters, you know, started to make really cool shows, maybe you got into those for a while. And then maybe you took a detour to true crime. Maybe you loved the celebrity explosion of podcasts, which has been a real thing. And so you really wanted to listen to your favorite celebrity because hearing them in a podcast was a totally different way to be a fan of theirs. Maybe you then decided true crime was problematic. Maybe then you wanted funnier shows instead of like news-based shows or vice versa. Our tastes are going to change in our life as the world changes, as we age, as our circumstances change. You might have listened to a lot of parenting podcasts just a few years ago, and you're sort of out of a phase in your family where that's, you know, what you're taking advice on or whatever. Our tastes have changed, which has absolutely affected the shows that are doing well, that are surviving. If new shows are accepted and take off, 
There's so many factors here, but people's changing tastes really matter. We obviously see this in every other artistic industry, movies, TV, music. Like you can easily see trends or like the biggest buyer base ages out of whatever that particular genre is. And so podcasting is no different. This is definitely something that I have heard from y'all in the listener survey and just, again, in sort of conversations in my DMs and things about like what we want to be listening to, how much attachment we feel to our favorite podcasters if that wanes, if we'd rather reach for something a bit less personal, maybe, like an audiobook, like a show that's, you know, teaching you about science or facts or something versus a show about people's personal lives or sort of built on their personalities. All of those things are natural, but it's sort of feeding into this bigger umbrella of the industry changing and nobody being sure of where it's going to go from here. And when I say nobody, I mean nobody. I read a ton of articles at the end of the year and then to prep for this episode and like Nobody has any idea what the future is for podcasting. I'm talking podcasters, corporate execs, advertisers, economic forecasters. It is a mess out there, but we can see it, of course, in what you might have heard about on other shows or in the headlines or whatever, that there have been mass layoffs everywhere. So in 2019, like I already mentioned, it being the golden age of podcasting, that was also the year that Spotify bought $400 million worth of podcast companies, including some of your favorites like Gimlet or the podcast platform Anchor. Spotify spent so much money on those acquisitions And, you know, in 2023, they laid off over 2,000 people total in several rounds of layoffs, primarily out of their podcast departments. SiriusXM, who in 2020 bought the podcast app Stitcher, that was an app you could listen to your favorite podcasts in, they bought it for $325 million. And last year, they closed it. There were podcast jobs and shows cut at all of the big companies you've already heard of, like CNN, ESPN, Barstool Sports, Sony, iHeartMedia, like the companies that you see, not independent shows like mine, but like when you see companies that have big podcasts, so many of those jobs and shows got cut. Some of the most beloved shows out there were canceled. Invisibilia, Heavyweight, one of my personal favorites, More Perfect, Death, Sex, and Money got canceled. That's like one of the OG popular shows. Death, Sex, and Money actually has found a new home at Slate, but it was canceled there for a few months. It has just been cuts and changes left and right. I'm giving you these stats from the corporate world because you know these companies. You've heard them. You probably listen to a lot of these shows or use a lot of these platforms, but it also definitely affects independent podcasters like myself. Because one, advertising dollars drying up definitely affects my bottom line. Podcasting is one of my biggest income streams. 
And there were many times in 2023 where I was making shows for free or at a loss, (laughs) meaning that those episodes did not bring in a dollar for me. And I'm just a little, you know, independent show. So, of course, it's happening across the board, whether your favorite show is on one of these sort of big networks or is another indie. There was a lot of struggle in 2023. There is some hope and light that it's going to bounce back in 2024. But a little bit, I'm hoping that this might explain to you why certain shows are changing their format or really like going big on their, you know, Patreon, really trying to get you to join their Patreon. They're trying to do live events or teach courses or any of the things that might be of interest to their listeners that supplements this dip in advertising dollars. And I know, as a listener myself, I know that sometimes ads are annoying. I know that sometimes people pushing their Patreon is an eye roll. I get all of those things as a listener. I also do those things as a podcaster. And so I hope that maybe you can get where podcasters are coming from when they're doing some of these other pushes for income or, you know, monetizing their content, it's a balance between the things that they're providing for free. Most of us are trying to find a way to make it all work together. The perfect model is to create a free podcast that everyone can listen to that is advertiser or listener supported. But for most of us independent shows, we have to juggle a few different ways of doing this. It's not just like one way to make this a career. And on that note, number four, the metrics have changed. So one of the things that I sort of end up getting asked from listeners is, and people don't ask this as much as they used to, but in the beginning, I used to get asked, like, if it matters if you download an episode to your phone, subscribe and download, or if you just stream it. And that answer has shifted a few times over the years because there have been few a few big moments of how they changed the metrics for how many listeners you had in general, how many downloads you were getting per episode. I'm not going to get too into the weeds of why they've had to make adjustments to this over the years. I do think in agreement with some of the articles that I read, none of these metrics are 100% accurate. They are very hard to trust. Spotify will give you different analytics on an episode than Apple Podcasts does, than your like podcast hosting platform where, where you host your show might give a totally different number. They're not like crazy, crazy off, but they can easily be 10, 20% off of one another. And so then, you know, what number do you trust? Most of us are going to default to the biggest number, right? But it's really murky is what I'm saying. There's a lot of blurry gray area in podcast metrics. But one of the most recent things that has happened is that it used to be that if you subscribe to a show and so it automatically downloaded that show on the day that it came out. I counted that as a download because Apple was telling me it was a download. My platform stats were telling me it was a download. But of course, I have no way of knowing if you actually pressed play on that episode and listened to it. I could not know that. I just knew that you cared enough about that show to subscribe and download. Now, a little more accurate-ish is the people who 
subscribed but maybe had their settings set to streaming only or who only listened when they were at home on Wi-Fi because they didn't want to take up storage on their phone downloading all these podcasts. If you pressed play on it and listened to several minutes of that episode, I got to also count that as a download. We called that a download, even though you were streaming it, but just like as a word to sort of guess how many people were interested in your episode. Both of those things would have counted. Now, recently, Apple, which the majority of my listenership, I can tell from my stats and I can also tell from reader surveys, listen on Apple Podcasts. And by that, I mean, even if you use Overcast, for example, which is my favorite podcast app, it is pulling from Apple Podcasts. Like that's the information that it's pulling. It's just giving you a different way to listen to it, but it still counts as an Apple Podcast listen because of the way podcasts are delivered. Again, I don't want to get too in the weeds of it, but the majority of my listeners listen through Apple Podcasts. Even if they are not listening through the Apple Podcast app, they are being served my show via Apple which is separate from Spotify, which is separate from Google Podcasts, which has now gone away. Okay, the thing that has happened recently, which I don't know if you've noticed yet, is that with the recent iOS update on your iPhone, if you have an iPhone, I'm assuming in response to maybe people complaining about storage issues, Apple has made it so that your phone does not automatically download every show that you are subscribed to, even if your settings are automatically download new episodes, they do not automatically do it if you haven't listened to that show in a while. I can't remember the exact time frame, but it was like, if you haven't listened to that show in 15 days or something, it will stop automatically downloading that show for you. Now, it doesn't unsubscribe you. Were you to open that show in your podcast app, it would happily download those episodes and give them to you, but it's no longer automatically doing it. So why that matters to podcasters is that we were getting to count as numbers all those people who subscribed to us and then maybe promptly forgot about us. Their show was downloading us every week, but they were not actually pressing play. We still got to count them as a listener. And the reason that that matters is because the more listeners you have or the more downloads per episode you have, that's how you negotiate your advertising rates. When Apple changed the way the automatic downloads work, which was in the last quarter of 2023, so many podcasts, myself included, but almost everyone I know, they took a hit because a you know a built-in chunk of their listenership who only listened to them sporadically, who hadn't listened to podcasts at all in a couple of months or just had taken a break from their show or whatever, all of those numbers went away. And so we all sort of took a hit. When you take a big dip like that, much like at the beginning of the pandemic, when you take a big hit for whatever worldly reason or tech reason, it radically changes your numbers, which then directly affects your income. Because advertisers, if they're paying for an advertising spot on a show that they've been told gets, let's say, 10,000 downloads an episode, but really, after some of these changes, that show you know, really only gets 7,000 downloads an episode when all is said and done, that's a 30% difference. They don't want to pay 30% more for something they're not actually getting. 
So it has been a bit of a scramble. However, number five is there are some things that are the same in a great way. There is still such amazing content out there being made all the time. And this is something that I cannot champion enough because I love this medium. I think that it can really transform, like it has that power because our voices have that power. Having people in our ears feels personal. I believe that podcasts can make us feel connected when we're lonely. I believe that it is magical to be able to learn or be inspired on the go. Podcasts have given me so much joy over the last decade, and that is still available to us. There are still so many amazing shows out there, more than we could ever listen. And that is a great thing. Because now, at this point, I want to be listening to something when I'm driving or cleaning or taking a walk. Like, I like having something in my ears. And even if my tastes have changed, like we already talked about, even if I am reaching for more audiobooks than I used to, even if I prefer shows I can binge versus listen to weekly, however our podcast tastes have changed, it is still amazing the things that are being made and put out there. I think that it is part of the way that the internet is changing the world, that we are able to deliver our voices, our shows, our interviews, our stories, all of it to one another for very low cost and with the ability to reach a lot of people. It's similar to what I love about social media. I also think social media can be transforming. But of course, it is different media. It's a different like way to take in either information or inspiration or entertainment. And that is still available to us regardless of the changes. So in looking for the good here, there is so much good. Having too many wonderful podcasts to listen to is a good problem. Not always on the creator side because it creates a lot of competition, of course. But from a consumer side, of which I am also and you are too, what a great thing. Like what a world that the internet has given us that everybody can be artists and creators and interviewers. And it's, I just, I think this is an amazing time to be alive, even amidst the bumps in the road. So number six, after all that inspiration, (laughs) number six is that advertising is here to stay. And Although I've given you some backstory on why the advertising piece of this has had a lot of ups and downs, I do want to talk to you a little bit about how advertising is working on the shows that you're listening to. Because I I don't know if anyone has explained this to listeners very well. And for sure, if I was not a podcaster, I would not know or understand this. (laughs) So I did just want to take a second to explain something that has changed that you might not have been able to put your finger on before, but yet here it is. So podcast advertising is not one size fits all, meaning like there are different ways that you can advertise on a show. So you might have noticed that sometimes there's an ad break that is like a TV ad break, like a totally different voice, not the host's voice, like a straight ad that you can completely tell is an ad for whatever, for a big company or something, will come in and it sounds like an ad that we're all used to on the radio, on the TV, anything. That is one way that you can have advertising. You can also have 
post-red baked-in ads. So this is what 10 Things to Tell You has had for the last several years. When you hear me reading an ad, I say, this show is sponsored by, I give you some information about the company. A lot of times, my favorite part is that there's a often a discount code or, or coupon code for the listeners to take advantage of. And I am the one telling you about it as the host. The host of the show you're listening to is reading the advertisement or talking about the company that's advertising. There are two ways that you can have host read ads. One is I record it in the audio file, just like the content. In the same way that I'm recording this for you, I would also record an ad and then we put it in sort of spaced out throughout the episode, you know, at a natural time for an ad break. We drop it into the file. It lives in the file the same way that everything else lives in the file. So were you to go back and listen to an old episode, it would still have that ad in it in the same way that it has the intro in it. Like the ad lives in the episode. The other way that has become very popular are dynamic ads. These are often also inserted as the host reading them, but it is not baked into the file. It is working more the way that our ads on television work. So you know how even if you are listening to an old episode of something, a rerun of something, when it goes to the ad break, when you're watching television and it goes to the ad break, but the advertisement is for, you know, the upcoming football playoff game. The advertisement is for another show that premieres in just a few days. Like the ad itself is obviously time relevant. It is speaking to you in real time, regardless of how old the show is you're watching. So the ads are dropped in separately, like by computer, they're clearly not part of shooting the show, if you will. So this is what dynamic ad insertion looks like now. A podcaster makes the episode that they want to make, and then they have little ad markers maybe where an ad should go. And that ad is delivered to the episode via like computer software. And the ad can be different every time. So let's say that you were listening to this week's episode of your favorite show, like the most current episode, and there is an ad for something, a product that you like, and it has a discount code attached to it. But then you also, because you're curious about an old episode, you're going to listen to an episode of this same show from a year or so ago. So it's an older episode. But when it comes to the ad break, you hear that exact same ad that you heard on the new show. That's because... It has been sort of served up to you, dropped into you. It's not baked into that episode file. This has been going on for a few years, and I know people have noticed it and been surprised by it, but it's just the way that the technology is obviously evolving for both parties, the podcaster and the advertisers. In that case, the advertisers have bought a package deal. So they've bought, I'm making these numbers up, let's say that they've bought 100,000 impressions. So it never works out perfectly like this. But in the example I used earlier, where maybe an episode gets 10,000 downloads, maybe that's what their general episode download number is, that ad may show up on about 10-ish episodes. And then it, what, once it hits its sold mark of 100,000 ad deliveries, it will not show up in your episodes anymore. That's how the advertisers are buying those packages. Someone else asked me on social media when I was talking a little bit about this, how they know what to charge, like how how are these 
advertising packages bought. And the rates are set using CPM, which is cost per mill, which actually means per thousand listens. So the rate is very wide, like the range of what a rate could be, but let's say between $15 and $40, with the industry average being about $25 per 1,000 listens. So to stick to these whole numbers, let's say the episode gets 10,000 downloads. That's 10 sets of 1,000. $25 per 1,000 listeners would be $250 for that one ad spot. Please hear me that this is not all the same. I'm trying to just give you general averages. Sometimes you are going to have a campaign that charges less than that or the rate is less than that. Sometimes for various reasons, whatever whatever deals are struck, it might pay more than that. The host read baked in ads where it lives in the file, like I described, the rates for that are more expensive, right? Because they never expire. So the rates for that are more expensive than the dynamic ad insertion and then host read ads where the podcaster themselves is reading to you the ad, that is worth more than an advertisement that comes in that is, you know, just a random ad man voice. So there's lots of variables here, but I'm just trying to give you a general idea of how this is working. And I know for sure that some of y'all are like, who cares? (laughs) I do not care about the nitty gritty of this. And I understand I'm trying to keep it high level for the pieces that you might care about. Or if you just have a curiosity about what it pays to, you know, be a podcaster. Or if you don't understand why sometimes it's the host's voice with reading the ad and sometimes it's not. Like I just, I kind of like everyone having the information. That's all. But we are, y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free to download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. Now I'm going to move into some other pieces of what I think podcast listeners should know. Number seven is, here's how to support your favorite podcasts. Now, lest you think this is an entirely self-serving number, I really did get this question from people. So I'm not just like hiding this in an episode about podcasting. The question or the root of the question that I got a couple of times was, I can't afford to support all the Patreons that I like or all of the extra content, you know, that I would need to pay for from all of my favorite podcasters. So what else can I do? Because that is an obvious one is to join people's Patreons or to 
you know, buy their book or support them in some monetary way, which is just not going to be in the cards for everyone. And for dedicated podcast listeners, like we all like too many shows. We simply cannot support all of the shows we like monetarily. So I will say that there are a few things that you can still do if you want to bolster the shows that you love and also just participate in the podcasting industry. So I know you've heard this. This has been sort of the funny running line on all podcasts forever and ever to rate and review the show. In some ways, it seems like we, this has become a little bit less important than it used to be, but it's actually not. Giving a rating on Spotify or in Apple iTunes or wherever you are listening to podcasts, what it does is helps other people find the podcast because if it has a lot of good ratings, it will jump to the top of search engines. It will just you know, show people who are searching for something specific and this podcast comes up that they want to go give it a try versus if they're searching for something and their podcast comes up and it has bad ratings, then you'll skip and look at the next show that is covering the similar topic. So that really does still matter, the ratings and the reviews. For me right now in 2024, the thing that is the most helpful for me is to share the show with other people. Like literally tell your friends about an episode that you love or share, you know, on social media an episode that really resonated with you or why you love it. Because one of the things that has been consistently hard for podcasters for a very long time has been it's hard to grow your listenership because it's not like you can do a clear link to something to like go and buy. Like the linking out to podcasts can be complicated. What are you linking to? Are you linking to show notes? Are you linking to iTunes or the podcast app? Like what are where are you linking? So it's really hard for people to go directly to the show. They have to remember to then open their podcast app and then search for the show you're talking about. And it's like a lot of steps. It's definitely not easy for users. And so unless you are really interested in an episode, a topic, a host, it can be kind of hard to grow a podcast. It's been much harder to grow this podcast than it has been to like grow my blog back in the day, to grow a social media following, even to sell something like a book. Growing a audience for podcasts is like still a tough sell. And so that's like an easy way. I try to, for this show, on the 10 Things to Tell You Instagram and Facebook page, every single week there is a post promoting that week's episode that then you can always just share. And a lot of podcasts, of course, have social media accounts. So it's free. It's way more helpful than you think it is, truly. The other thing that I would want to mention is that subscribing really does help. Even though I just described to you why subscribing looks a little different in the Apple Podcasts app than it used to, but when you subscribe to a show... It automatically sort of comes up in your podcast app when there's a new episode. And so it, you know, then becomes harder to fall completely off your radar. Now, of course, you may choose not to listen to it or not to download it, but it sort of stays in your memory that that's a show that you subscribed to. And so that 
is like a, a thing that I would also appreciate is that you stay subscribed to 10 Things to Tell You and any of the other shows that you love because it's a teeny tiny way to support and teach the algorithm or the powers that be that you are still interested in this show. And this brings me to number eight. What would I tell someone who was wanting to start a podcast for the first time in 2024? And as you can imagine, this answer has changed so much over the years as podcasting has changed, as a quadrillion people have started a podcast, which makes, you know, for a very saturated market. So if someone came to me and was genuinely asking my advice on starting a podcast now, I have tons of like tech and creative advice (laughs) that I would give someone from all of the years of troubleshooting and trying a lot of different things. But one of the things that I would make sure and mention was that they know that it is a bit of a slog to grow an audience from complete scratch. Meaning if you don't have a lot of followers already or a lot of readers, if you you know, or a writer, if you don't have some other space that you have grown an audience, it's very difficult to do that with podcasting. And I would just want to be really honest about the type of statistics you might be looking for in the beginning if you are not already a public figure or like a celebrity, because celebrities, in fact, have taken over the feeds. This has been a sort of thorn in independent podcasters side off and on over the years is that celebrities start podcasts that of course garner a ton of interest. People want to hear their favorite celebrity, you know, off the cuff or interviewing or with their friends or what they have to say when they're not like in a formal press setting or when they're not on the screen or when they're not writing something like they want the podcast version of their favorite celebrities. And I get it. I want it too. But it does crowd out the little guys a little bit. And so there's been even more of that happening in the podcast industry, especially since the pandemic, when it felt like, well, a lot of people were at home, creative people, people who love to entertain. And this was an accessible medium. So I totally get it. Like, I understand why this has happened. I also understand why it's very hard for new podcasters to break in because of many factors, but that being one of them. There are a lot of really big podcasts that are already very popular that already take people's listening hours. Because that's the thing. Most of us only have... I don't know, let's say an hour or so to listen a day. And there's a lot of great content out there. So it is hard to compete. So with all of those caveats that I would give, all the hard stuff, I would also say this is one of the best mediums for connecting with an audience, for learning your own voice, for getting to be creative at like very little cost. It's similar to how I felt about blogging as well. But podcasting in some ways is even more expansive. Blogging was primarily words and then of course some pictures. When I was blogging, it was it was pretty much pre-video days. And so it was kind of a limited medium in some ways. 
But podcasting has a lot of the same great attributes too. You don't need a ton of fancy equipment and you can really get a message out. You can connect with customers because a lot of people don't want to start a podcast to grow an audience of millions. They want to speak to someone very specific. They want to speak to their own local community. They want to speak to their customers. They want to speak like to their particular industry. So they're not trying to like be number one on the podcast charts. They are trying to get a message out in a way that, you know, people like to consume it. And if that is the case, podcasting is great. I have learned so much from podcasting. I've said this a million times, but it bears repeating. I fancy myself a writer first and foremost. And when I was blogging, I took a break from blogging to start podcasting. And like almost immediately, it made my writing better. Learning to speak better into this microphone making a point, being articulate, fixing my verbal tics. Of course, not all of that is perfect, but getting better at it, honing the skill of being on a microphone absolutely made me a better communicator in general, especially as a writer. So I've always like really thought it was so valuable to change artistic mediums, even just temporarily, to sort of up your skill level in whatever your kind of primary Thing is. And I really believe that if you are having some writer's block, maybe you should start talking <laughs> instead. And so I love podcasting for people. I love that it is something anybody can do. It does, you know, take some practice to feel comfortable behind the mic. And there's so many different formats of shows. If you want to do an interview show, if you want to have a show with a co-host or a friend, if you want to do solo episodes like I do, that takes a little more practice for most people. I feel like I have never struggled very much with solo episodes, maybe because I got used to talking on social media, maybe because I got used to using the Voxer app, which is a voice messaging app for years before I started actually podcasting. I don't know what it is, but people ask me all the time, like, how do you get used to solo podcasting? Because they feel awkward just talking to nobody into the mic. But I've never felt weird about that. I also don't feel like I'm talking to nobody. I'm talking into this mic alone in my podcast studio, but I am picturing you. I am picturing you as if you were sitting across the table with me. And it just doesn't bother me that I'm literally in a room alone because I know that my words are landing somewhere. Sometimes it feels like I'm talking into the void, but most of the time I genuinely feel like I'm talking to you when I am doing a solo podcast. I don't feel like I'm talking to myself. When I'm talking to myself, it's way more nonsensical. No no jokes about that, please. <laughs> anyway, that's what I would tell someone. I would tell them that as long as they're aware of the struggles of the podcasting industry and the current slog it is to grow a really big audience, that if they have those realistic expectations in check, that they should go for it. It is fun. It is meaningful. It can be transformative. So I have other things I would tell them about like specific equipment and things like that, but that's the gist of it. Let's get to some listener questions. Number nine, I'm going to answer a few listener questions. So I have a few that came up over and over again. One was, how much does Colleen have to cut? So Colleen is my 
started as an editor. Now she's my producer, I would say, because she is so much more than just an editor. She really plans episodes with me now. She does an enormous amount of running secret stuff, my Patreon, and it just lets me be able to make the shows I want and have someone else who takes care of some of the back-end stuff that I took care of for a really long time. For a while, I did, for years, I did everything myself. And I'm really glad that I am able to edit. Like, I'm really glad I am not completely dependent on someone else to do a lot of the back-end stuff. But I was also very happy to find someone that I trusted completely to take over. So someone was asking, actually a couple people ask, like, how much is in the raw file that she has to take out? (laughs) And it's funny because there's different answers depending on the type of episode. So a solo episode like this one takes a different amount of time and kind of a different mindset than when you are editing an interview, of course. So when I hand a file over to Colleen that is a solo episode like this one, there's not much content to edit. Like I don't want her to take out a huge chunk of something I've said I will either stop the recording if I'm recording solo and take out that chunk myself, or sometimes after I might tell her what to take out. But in general, for solo episodes, I've sort of, I'm working off an outline. And even if I do take a tangent, as I do occasionally, I mean for it to be in there. So what she's editing for solo episodes is significantly less content, what I'm saying, and more like ums. Sometimes I start a sentence over because I kind of fumbled it. And then the other big thing is huge pauses. So so by the time you listen to it, it's all flowy and all comes together. But the file I actually turn over to her, I take big pauses between not just points, not just paragraphs, if you will, but like sometimes in the middle of a sentence, if I'm going to like grapple for a word. I'm not exactly sure what I want to say next or exactly how I want to phrase what I want to say next. I just sit there like there'll be a a long pause. I mean, y'all, there'll be like a long pause. I don't just mean like five seconds. I mean like 30 seconds, a minute where I am trying to determine what to say next. Why don't I stop recording while I figure that out? Well, that's just not part of my flow. (laughs) I just, I press record and I kind of go mostly. And when I first started working with Colleen, I think she was shocked because she had been listening to the show prior to working together. And it all sounded like, man, I just talk and talk and talk. And really, you know, it it sounds smooth like that. But no, no, of course, there are like crazy big pauses. So I may turn over a file to her that is, I don't know, let's say it's an hour and 10 minutes long of the episode of me talking solo. And she will edit it down to, I don't know, like 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, she will take out easily 15 minutes of me pausing. It's not that I pause for a minute 15 times. I just, I pause a lot. So you should know that. But if she's just taking out pauses and ums and things like that, that's a different type of editing than what she has to do when I am interviewing someone or we're in conversation about something because there's just going to be a lot more of things in that type of an episode that require 
a little more massaging. So someone starts a sentence and then they stop and they start it again. Someone coughs. My dog comes in here. You know, I'm recording with a friend. And so we take a a long tangent that I will text Colleen on the side later and be like, take that whole part out that was random. I don't want that in the final episode. Because in a conversation, right, like you're going to sort of follow where the conversation goes. And even though I'm often working off of an outline, even in an interview show, like I take tangents. I want it to be natural. I want it to be an organic conversation. But for the listener experience, I also want it to run very smoothly. So in that case, she does more content edits where she is sort of choosing to take out parts with my notes. Also, we, we sort of work together on, does this part need to be in? Like this went on a little long. You guys kind of made this point three different times, three different ways. Could we take out this little rambling part? Like that kind of thing. That takes a lot longer and sort of a different sort of brain space than the solo episodes. I will also say quickly, even though I'm going to give sort of my philosophies on editing and how I make those decisions over on Secret Stuff Patreon, but I typically, there are occasional exceptions, I typically edit my own friends and family. So a lot of times, as you guys know, you've heard my friends, my real life friends be on the show or my actual family, and I almost always edit them myself. Now, that's not because I don't trust Colleen. I absolutely trust her. But you hear your own friends and family differently than other people might. And, you know, someone might say something that I'm like, I don't think they really wanted to say that on microphone. Like they're going (laughs) to regret maybe that they made that sort of silly joke or whatever. Colleen might not hear it that way. Like she's going to be more objective, just listening to an interview, doesn't hit her any one way or the other. So she leaves it in. And I'm like, ah, I should have taken that out. Like, so I tend to, for the, you know, protection and care of friends and family members, I want them to come off sounding as best as possible, like their best, smartest, funniest selves is how I want to make them sound. And I feel like I know best how to make them sound because I'm I'm not objective about it. I am biased towards them. And so I tend to edit my own friends and family. That's just my own kind of personal rule. Okay, the second question that someone sent in was, do podcasters pay their guests? And the very easy answer to this is no. Now, there are going to be exceptions. And I think primarily those exceptions are in different genres than my show is. (laughs) You know, they're like maybe certain business podcasts or something like that, but it should always be disclosed. I've also had a guest on where the whole episode was sponsored and we were very clear about it. It was a bonus. It wasn't a main show. This was actually years ago. I haven't done it since. Not that it bothered me. I just haven't had the opportunity. A guest who was coming on to, you know, talk about their thing that they're promoting If the whole thing is sponsored, if they paid to be on, that's a rarity for most of the types of podcasts that you and I are both listening to. For the absolute most part of even huge shows, big celebrity shows, little independent shows, there is not a transaction taking place there. I really think that that would change the integrity of the whole thing. Even if you are promoting your book or promoting your whatever, there is still not a pay-to-play situation happening. 
So then you might be asking, well, then why would anybody do this, either the podcaster or the guest? Like, it seems like it's not worth your time or not, but it's just not the way. (laughs) There is a reason that you want to have guests on your show. If you are an interview show, if you think that the topic that this person wants to talk about would be really interesting for your listeners, like, you know, that makes for a great guest. And then from the guest point of view, being on other people's podcasts, being a guest, which I've done both, of course, I have guests on here all the time. I've been a guest on many, many shows. It expands like the people that you're trying to talk to. If you have a message, your own podcast, a book, you know, you're an expert in some way, you are a public speaker. I mean, there's so many reasons why you would want to get in front of that podcaster's audience. You want them to hear your message. And they want to have a good conversation to entertain their listeners. So it's sort of a, you know, helping you both out. And in seven-ish years of podcasting, I don't know how long I've been doing this, eight years of podcasting, I have never been asked to pay to be on someone's show. And I have never had someone ask if they could pay me to be on my show outside of very obvious sponsored content. So the one time I did it years ago where it was like a sponsored guest and it was very clear, it was like, this is an episode sponsored by, like, this is the whole thing. It was very clear. That came through my podcast advertising agency. So that wasn't like someone approached me or whatever. It was like, instead of an ad, would you have a conversation with this person for a sponsored fee? And it would be presented like an infomercial almost kind of thing. That is the only time. And I'm saying that in that you might you might see or experience like um, that type of sponsored content. But most people, vast, vast, vastly most people, on their regular show, their regular guests that you're used to listening to, even if they are promoting something, that is not a paid arrangement. Now, the exception to this, of course, I don't think this is what they meant by asking this question, but I'm just going to mention it, is if it's not a guest, like a one-off guest interview, but it is like a regular appearing contributor to the podcast, that person may or may not be paid. Sort of depending on what the arrangement is, they might be paid as a you know recurring guest, like almost like you would have a a financial arrangement with a co-host if the podcast was making money, a recurring guest may or may not be paid. Now, they might not because the podcast isn't making any money or because they are getting something different out of the arrangement because every time they're on, they get to promote whatever their thing is. That would make sense. But also, if they were a recurring guest that is kind of part of your you know, content rotation, then it would make sense that maybe that might have a financial arrangement behind it. Okay, so those are the few listener questions that I got. I can answer any more that y'all have. If you want to ask me on social media, I will throw a question box up on stories at 10 things to tell you is this show's Instagram page. If this sparked any of your burning questions about the industry, I will also be answering some more like very nitty gritty detail-y ones over on Secret Stuff Patreon. If you want to go check that out at lauratremaine.com slash secret stuff. But now is number 10, where I want to share a few things that are changing here at 10 Things to Tell You. 
Number 10, the biggest news I want you to know. 10 Things to Tell You is moving to Thursdays. So since its launch in 2019, we have been on Tuesdays. And I chose that day kind of arbitrarily. I loved a Tuesday. I was born on a Tuesday. Y'all know I'm kind of superstitious slash sentimental about numbers and things like that. But I also chose it because I was thinking about my own workflow. I didn't want to work on the weekends. Therefore, I didn't want the show to come out on Monday because I know myself and I'm very often (laughs) working right up until (laughs) I press publish on this show. And so I didn't want it to come out on Monday. At the time, I hadn't been off Sorta Awesome very long, and that was on Friday, so I wanted to kind of get a few spaces between that show and mine, and I just picked Tuesday with, you know, barely a thought behind it. As time has gone on, there are a lot of shows that come out on Tuesday. A lot, a lot of shows become already in a crowded podcast space. It is also one of the most crowded days. And so as I'm changing up a few different things that I want to do this year with 10 Things to Tell You. Some of those are still unfolding. But I started to really think about what I wanted you, the listener, to get from this show, like what I wanted the vibe to be. And since one of the things that we're always trying to do here is be thoughtful and introspective, and have great conversations and look to our journal and, you know, really sort of be ruminating on the topics and the prompts and everything that we share here. To me, that just started to feel a little bit more like weekend energy. (laughs) It might not be beginning of the week energy when there's like a lot of to-dos and productivity and fresh starts and all this at the beginning of the week. Maybe I wanted to be part of your rhythms as we're sort of settling into the weekend and and the things that we are thinking about. I myself am absolutely a mood listener. You know, when I'm in the mood for news, I press play on one show. When I'm in the mood to just have laughter, I press on another show. And when I am wanting to sort of feel my feelings and get reflective, that's weekend, end of the week sort of energy for me. I want to be providing for you conversations and prompts and thoughts that will sort of take you into a slower part of the week. Now, I know weekends are not slow for everyone. Sometimes weekends can be chaotic. Ask me how I know with kids in three different sports. But the intention I'm trying to cultivate here isn't in the busy hustle of the beginning of the week. And I had just never given that much thought to it because, I, you know, I don't deeply care what day any show that I listen to comes out. Like I want shows to be available on a regular basis and they're there for whatever mood I'm ready for. But as I'm thinking about some of the things I want to create for you this year, it felt like maybe a fresh start on a new day, maybe making some of these changes in the way that you listen to 10 Things to Tell You and the value that I hope it brings to your life. We're bumping it down to later in the week. So starting next week, episode 206, that will air on February 8th, Thursday, February 8th. Don't be alarmed when there is no 10 things to tell you in your podcast app next week on Tuesday, because it will be coming at you on Thursday and every Thursday thereafter. And my hope, as always, is that when you press play on the episodes here, 
that it will put you in a thoughtful, introspective mindset that will spill over into your life, into your weekend, into your relationships, and into you as we navigate this world together, making baby steps and sometimes giant leaps towards becoming the people we want to be. Thanks for listening to this show, to this episode, (laughs) hearing all these behind the scenes thoughts. I hope that it was helpful for you as a consumer to just get a peek behind the curtain of what is hopefully an industry that brings so much joy to your life. I love making shows for you. I love listening to some of the amazing shows that are out there. I always want this to be an ongoing conversation. So I hope that you will stay subscribed. Nothing needs to change on your end, even as we are making some changes on ours. I can't wait to see you back here next Thursday as 10 Things to Tell You moves to Thursdays. Thanks for listening, friends. Remember to rate, review, and what? Share this show with all your favorite people. Happy listening. Now go share something. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.